1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Backers together and loving it. TNCs apply. Oh, nice track, Johnny. Uh, Julian Destoop filling in for Kane Corns on the captain's run. Obviously, the state of footy has been a big talking point this week, and particularly since Wednesday, And Steve Hocking announced some tweaks at AFL level next year. And obviously the big one uh, at the new Eastern Seaboard uh, competition next year in terms of zones and three pairs of players having to be inside 50 at stoppage. One man that knows the game better than most is former Western Bulldog coach and highly rated assistant at Geelong and Essendon and Richmond and more recently Melbourne. And that is uh, Brendan McCartney, who's been good enough to join us this morning. Morning, Brendan. Hey, Jules. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Yourself, and before we get started on the AFL, uh, you're returning to some country footy next year, which must be exciting.
0: It is exciting. To take up the job at North Ballarat Footy Club in the Ballarat League, which is a really uh, proud and traditional club, and had enormous success for about a 30 year period in the VFL time. And they're looking to rebuild a little bit. They've got a really good junior program, so the role sort of coach the seniors and and direct the club, but also uh, a couple of us uh, get our teeth into uh, developing the juniors. Not that they need learning how to win, but uh, developing the juniors in the whole Ballarat region, really, and, and developing footy in that region. It's exciting.
1: And how's 2020 been for you? Uh, stop and start, a bit like everyone. We had uh, Susie Robinson and I have got a business called Player Coach, So yep. we've had a uh,
0: few happening through the schools and after schools and holidays and, and like, like most of us and, and then it went into hibernation but we've managed to stumble, I reckon stumble is probably the right word, girls, and uh, <laughs> come out the other side with plenty of opportunities next year. It's given us time to put a sports specialist program in place at the local school, Western Heights, which is my old high school where youngsters can go there and do VCE and, and establish themselves in the game and learn the game and we hope to put some really good coaches around them and, you know, current AFL people just to open their minds to footy. So it's allowed us to do that and continue to build the business and we've now got some good after school programs going, holiday programs going. So and we'll be we'll be around all regions of Victoria over the January period. So look out for player coach on social media
1: and we'll keep you updated. Awesome. Busy 2021 ahead. Now, state of the game. I mean, everyone's got a view on footy and how it's played. Is it better now? Is it worse now? Do we need to go back to what it was? So, um, David King's always big on, well, we need to know where we want the game to go before we make some changes. So, in your point of view, where do you want the game to go? You, you're you pretty happy with it? Do we just need some minor tinkering? Does it need some major surgery? How do you look at it? Well, I think it's,
0: it's sort of a... I was thinking about this this morning. There's... I don't know presumption is the right word, but AFL players love scoring too, and so do AFL coaches. You, you know, it, it's not lost on AFL people that um, how much fans and the excitement is generated at a game when they're scoring and goals, and especially quick goals that are just created through you know some really good contest or a spectacular per- turnover, and the ball just moves so quickly. And probably to the, the TV eye, it, it, it doesn't do it justice to how quickly the ball can move. The TV sort of slows as a way of slowing everything down. So AFL people by nature do want to score and entertain, but you also you got to deal with what's out on the ground and and not to underestimate just how athletic and powerful and quick 36 AFL players are where there's one ball. There's not that much space and they do take up the space really quickly. So we do, most AFL players, as I said, do want to see more scoring. Uh, clearly the AFL want more scoring. They They want the game moving, they want the ball in motion, but you know, I'm not sure all of the rule changes are going to do that. I, I've probably got a bit of a bias towards interchange numbers. You know, it was interesting to hear Hawk talk, talk, talk about Dustin Martin. You know, he's the exception to the rule. You know, there's, there's not many Dustin Martins around, and, and what he did in the grand final was just a, a combination of phenomenal ability, the ball bouncing his way at a certain time, and, a, and an open forward line, and him being able to execute. So. To pin everything on that is a little surprising, but I, I can't help but think reducing the interchange is going to make it harder to score. And if we want the powerful players to really engage in the game and, and open football up, keep them fresh, and leaving them out on the, on the ground longer just dulls their athletic powers.
1: Well, I mean, the stats back that up as well, don't they? Ever since we've cut interchange over the last ten years, scoring's gone backwards. So if we're looking, if we're looking yeah. back to the early two thousands, you know, for example, when the interchange was at forty, I mean, clearly that's not a big say in 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 scoring is the interchange numbers. So so you're very big on the school that cutting it back's actually what do you think it's going to make it worse rather than better?
0: I think it will slow the game down more because what I noticed this year was that. Teams just didn't have the energy to generate space and movement when the game slowed up. And yeah, teams do defend the ground much, much better. But you, you need energy on offense when you get possession of the ball. And AFL players and footballers in general, if a ball bounces and the ball's move, and the game's moving, you don't even think about it. You just go and you find energy from nowhere. But what was a really noticeable issue that whenever the game got slow, there was really. Uh, a lack of urgency around the mark to generate space and, and movement with handball received. And, and teams just shut down because they were they gasped. They, they were cooked because they... And I think that the nature of the competition this year with uh, more games and less rotations did lead to some pretty high levels of fatigue. But leaving players out on the ground for longer, I think is going to harm the offense. Yet There seems to be a school of thought that it's aiding and abetting defence at the expense of, of attack, but I'm I'm a bit I'm the other way. I'd like to see the interchange just left and let the power players go on and off the ground, stay fresh, and really open the game up.
1: You mentioned the coaches before and how you know coaches too want to see high scoring. So, what do you think when the, the, the seems to be the general reaction is well, the the AFL can change rules as much as they want, but it, it's up to the coaches. The, the coaches are dictating the way the game is played. And unless they change some of their tactics and I guess the focus on defence, it won't change. What's your view on that?
0: Well, good players and, and good teams, it's never been any different. You've got to be good in all phases of the game. You you can't be a good player and, and just rely on one part of the game, whether it be your ability to win at stoppage or your ability to defend the ground or, or convert when you get a chance. You need to be across all areas. And, great teams are across all areas you know richmond um get a little bit of a label put on them that they're just exciting momentum team but they're incredibly good when they haven't got the ball they're, they're exciting when uh the ball's in dispute and they're very hard to stop when they do have the ball so uh all coaches are trying to get their teams to be good in all areas of the game because you're employed to a win games of footy and and b Uh, have your team as high up a ladder as you can and when you get to the finals you've got a chance to create some great things and history will show you that when you can't do that as a coaching group or as a senior coach you don't get much time to stay in the game you get moved on pretty fast so coaching uh, is a wonderful occupation and and AFL coaches in particular, they're really aware of being custodians and creating a good product and, at the same time, doing the best job they can for their clubs.
1: We've seen some, a couple of radical rule changes, I guess, in the NFL with the last touch rule and what we're seeing coming into the VFL or the new Eastern Seaboard competition next year with zones and three pairs of players uh, inside 50 at stoppages. What's your view on quite dramatic changes like that? Or are they not that oh, dramatic? Get, uh,
0: no, it's dramatic. Uh, but you do, you do see teams set up that way at times i don't think every stoppage is set up the same way sometimes when a team is and we saw it in the grand final with the tigers they they actually pulled their forwards back and and created run and carry space and that was the major change in the game after halftime as i saw it and so it's not as blanket as that i think clubs do mix and match their stoppage structure according to whether they're being beaten or 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 they're dominating. I don't personally see the need for it. I even equate that to Auskick. I think we've got that wrong too. We're putting people in an area actually stimmies or nullifies their ability to make decisions and and play footy and open up space. And we should be spending more time teaching young people coming through the pathways in particular how to create space relative to one another by making decisions. But we're not. We All of our junior programs and pathway programs, high percentage of them are geared around controlled drills where they stand on cones and uh, the decisions made for them. You know, we, we should spend more time teaching our young players under the age of 12, 13, 14, you know, how to create space, open up space, work work with each other to, to, to create opportunities for, for each other out on the ground. But we don't. We, we put them in grids as young people. We uh, we give them training drills where they stand on a cone most of training and, and take a, the, all the decision-making out of it for them.
1: So does that sort of feed into, you know, some people say, oh, players don't play on instinct as much anymore. That's being coached out of them. Is is that sort of what you're talking about there?
0: Uh, not really. No, I don't think that happens as much. I I think the game is quite structured when there's a stoppage. Um, but, no, if you watch football, no two bits of play ever look the same, do they? And no two games ever look the same. You'll see trends in both and, um, you know, some repeat behaviours. And, and, and you might think, oh, it looks the same, but it, it's never never quite the same there's still so much instinct and sheer nature of the shape of our ball when it bounces it goes anywhere and there's never four of one and two of another team there at every contest sometimes it's in reverse sometimes it's three of each sometimes there's there's five of each i think we probably haven't quite been prepared for the advancement in athleticism of players at the top level in particular they They're just incredibly powerful people who get to a contest quickly and can go from 50 metres away from the ball. Within two and a half, three seconds, they're right over in that area, 10, 15 metres away, and that's how you do get this congestion. But I think the smart clubs maximise the congestion. They've got an ability to open the ground up and open the game up and make really quick decisions, and that's what mature teams tend to do, and the game tends to be heading towards supporting and and helping mature teams stay at the top for longer with the real changes and, and the way it's
1: geared. You mentioned before that, you know, I guess, if you were in charge, you'd, you'd make uh, interchange unlimited. Is there anything else you think that needs to be done? Or are you more from the school that, that, that we don't need to tinker too much? The game's pretty good and uh, we don't need well, to be changing too much.
0: Well, it's, I, I think I'm probably reluctant to react too much to criticism you know, you listen to it and you, you listen to commentary but don't don't overreact to it uh, take on board what's what's needed but a lot's gone right too in the game That yeah you know the afl community did a mighty job to get this competition keep the competition up and going through the course of the year and probably when we talk about real changes the 666 has proven really good to watch uh it's not easy to deal with as a coaching group at in football at that level because if you don't win the centre bounce you're under enormous pressure but that's the challenge you, that you, you take on and, and sort of enjoy that, that part of the game but that, that's been a thing but I, I'm probably in the corner of not tinkering too much but not at the expense of not being aware of trends in the game and and providing a good product and making sure that the people invest into the game which are people like me now who, who just go to the football to watch it for football's sake and enjoy the day and um, people who invest in corporately wise and, um, and make sure that we protect the players so their longevity's um, got a chance to be there and it's a safe environment for them and, and they've got the best opportunity to, to put the spectacle on the ground.
1: And do we have to move away? A lot of people say, you know, they look back at f- whether it's footy in the nineties or it's footy in the early 2000s, saying that was that was great, and, and we'd love to see it go back to that. But reality is, we're we're not going back to one on one contests all over the ground, are we? And things like that that we loved uh, back in the older days. So do we sort of need to move on and, and you know realize that we're not going back? We can make the game better, but we're not going back to what it was.
0: No, because people move faster. You still do see one-on-one contest and you do need to be able to compete one-on-one as a defender and you do need to be able to win one-on-ones as a midfielder and as a forward and sometimes winning the contest is just keeping it alive but the change in the, the biggest change in the game is as I said the athleticism the players and their ability to read the cues and get to an area quickly so that their teammates support it and the one thing about our game is it's been around for a 100 years, 100 plus years that the the team that's able to consistently create an outnumber and get more numbers near the ball generally wins the ball and has more options to use so that straight away they're they're on offence and they're attacking and putting pressure on the opposition and the same thing applies in back lines. The great great teams and at the moment Richmond do it better than anyone is that they'll they'll see a teammate one-on-one and they're so quick at reading the cues and leading their opponent who's out of play to create an outnumber and and that helps them win the ball back and and create some attacking play so uh, the the one-on-one where they're stationary all over the ground that that won't be seen again but there's still the ability to win a one-on-one or have a win on one, one-on-one one is still the most important thing in the game, got a long
1: way. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Tigers, because a lot of people, now that they've won the three and four out of four, they compare them to the Geelong sides that you are involved with and, and the Hawthorne sides that you would have coached against that won three in a row. And a lot of people line them up on paper and, and don't think they have as much talent as, as those teams, all the Brisbane Lions teams that won those three flags in the early part of the century. So from your point of view, when you watch Richmond, you've touched on a few things there, but what makes this Richmond team so good from your point of view? The, the main thing,
0: Jules, with them is that they've got potentially 18, 90, 18, 19, 20 people that are just brilliant in their positions And by that. And, and what great teams have is they have people that are really master of their position. They Technically, they can deal with it. They know how to make decisions. But what make, makes this Richmond team so unique for me is they are totally team and club aligned and their best player, the best player in the game is team and his sheer excitement at winning the prelim, you could just see it was like a little kid at a birthday party and uh, and his commitment to the team through the finals and his growth as a person in regard to being a team player over the last five years probably is the biggest reflection of their whole club you know, the, his, he's probably gone from being the most individual uh, individual based person who did what he wanted to total team and and that's that's what separates them at the moment they they train hard they hit hard at training they work hard they run fast at training their training looks like a game they prepare for a game and it means that it doesn't matter what's happening in the game their intensity rarely changes and they're always able to compete but i think having so many people so good in their positions and complementing each other by aligning themselves to the team. They they harness to the team better than anyone. That's why they're, they're still going to be very hard to beat next year.
1: Just on Dusty, I mean, you work with some great players at Geelong and obviously, you know, famously the, the heat was put on Gary Ablett at one stage there and... And obviously he turned it around and became the brilliant player that he was. So in Dustin's transformation, how much do you think that's Dustin himself? And how much has that been the leaders at Richmond, whether it's Damien, whether it's Trent Cochin, putting a bit of heat on him and, and making sure he gets the absolute best out of himself?
0: Well, without knowing exactly what's happened, because especially there, right at the coalface, you're guessing. But I think all of the above, uh, I think, and, and natural maturity in, in the man himself, he, he grew through. Uh, you know, most of them take four or five years before they work out mentally and emotionally what what sport at that level is all about and the commitment needed to. Because in the end, you the challenge is to have your body ready to go all the time through a grinding season, and, and that takes enormous commitment away from the club in your own time with recovery and nutrition and sleep. They they're not footballers anymore. They're they're football, just footballs anymore. They're footballers. They're also elite athletes, incredible athletes, and and as I've said a couple of times to today, that I think it gets underestimated just how powerful and and um, brilliant they are as, as sports people. So I think all of the above for him, uh, and I, they just look like he in particular just looks like a player and a group and the group that just didn't want to let each other down anymore and that were prepared to give to the team and, and all enjoy the spoils and, and that's how they seem at the moment and, and good luck to them they've, they've done it brilliantly well and they're just so respected I think by all of us for how they play and and what they do as a club
1: well Brennan always great to catch up and uh, chat footy with the exciting times for you next year uh, getting back uh, coaching your own side thanks for your time this morning and uh, we'll touch base in 2021 I'm sure thanks
0: Jules thanks for having
1: me good pleasure.